motorsport and motoring radio show. Now on 88.5 FM, the valley comes alive. And podcasting across iTunes and talkandpower.com.au. Alright, welcome to the Talking Power Podcast Radio Show on 88.5 FM and I'm joined with co-host, not in the studio, but he's on his way to the studio as we speak, Simon Gonzo Travellini. How are you, Simon? Better late than never, eh, Nick? That's it, that's it. I know you're coming in, you'll be here soon, but uh, and Todd, Todd's coming in as well, so he'll be here shortly, um, but yeah, we thought we'd just get the, the show underway. Um, Western Nationals, what can we say? Nick, anyone that thinks that uh, even even with the the, um, the greatest efforts of the state government to try and shut drag racing down in Western Australia, anyone that thinks that drag racing is not alive and well, uh, if you were there on a weekend, it's not only alive and well, it, it is well and truly happening. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. Most definitely. It was um, an awesome, awesome event. And uh, hats off to Ray Treasure and the entire Motorplex team, uh, and all the competitors as well, and and everyone that participated in the event. I, I think and you know. What, what about the the fairy tale story? Sorry to cut you off, Nick, but you know, uh, speaking of Ray, the fairy tale story from uh, the Treasures, his brother and his nephew, father taking out modifier in, in incredible form. And uh, Sam going on to uh, not only take our competition eliminator, but reset the national record at the very same time. What an awesome, awesome uh, showing by by the Treasure team. Uh, just unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. And, and I'll tell you what, in the final against Nigel Johnson, um, you know, just incredible because Nigel's car, both the cars were on rails all weekend. Mm. Uh, some incredible numbers. I can't believe how many national records were smashed at the Western Nationals this year. Eight, I think. Eight or seven. Something like that. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So spe- speaking of Daryl Treasure, mm. uh, he was in the finals with Nick Gardner, which I tell you what, Nick's been out of the seat for a long, long time. And to come back out, dust off the old Topolino and make it through uh, the field. And, you know, he said to me, I spoke to him after the event, and he said to me, he goes, you know, Simon, I knew I had to go for it because Daryl is he's sharp. You know, he's sharp. And I had, to, I had to do everything I could possibly do to try and beat him. So uh, he knew he was, he was uh, going in there hard and unfortunately uh, went red and uh, ran under. As well, so you can't say he wasn't trying. That's for sure. It wasn't the biggest of red lights. It was, uh, as we said before, you know, it was. A, it wasn't the. It wasn't. A, it was red, but it wasn't very red. Let's put it that way. But Nick, I reckon he's been out of the car. Dare I say, twelve to fifteen years. Uh, I, I don't didn't think it was that long. Oh, <laughs> it's up there. <laughs> I thought it was more like. Five or seven, oh, somewhere I don't think there. so. He, don't he, think he so. He did tell me. He did tell me, but uh, yeah, it has been a long time. But yeah, effectively they just dusted it off, fired it back up, and um, you know did the maintenance that needed to be done, and yeah. uh, and and to make it all the way through. A bit like John Arthusian used to uh, used to do, used to bring the car out for the one event and make it to the finals every yes. time, and usually win. Yes, that's right, that's right. Now, but yeah, look, I mean, Nick, that's a magnificent effort as well. Nick, uh, for those that don't know, Andrew, Andrew uh, Stewart as well, and uh, very helpful what Nick hasn't done for the sport. Um, you know, he's, it's amazing the sort of work that he's done uh, for Andrew. Family, Nick. Yeah, the yeah whole that's family. right, Liz as well, of course. Yes, Liz, Liz Gardner, that is, has done a lot, a lot of work for the for drag races in Western Australia over the years. And it was great to see him back in the car, but it'd be interesting to ask him. I reckon it's I reckon it's over 10. I'd say that. I reckon it's over well, 10. I'm sure he's going to uh, ring us up and correct us on that He'll one. be listening as well. <laughs> He'll be another one that's listening. So, yeah, ring us. Let us know, Nick. Let us know how long it's been. <laughs> and, and top door slammer. Oh, my God. I'll tell you what, Daniel Gregorini, if anyone doubted his ability, his potential... Um, he proved all the critics wrong on the weekend, not only top qualifying, uh, but, you know, when it counted, last mm. run of the night, uh, whole shot Zapier and, and ran within two thousandths of a second of the 11-time Australian champion. Yeah, yeah. 
I watched the replay of that one, and uh, there was like you could have thrown a blanket over both of the cars. They were, that's how close they were. So I, yeah. I don't even think there was a foot in it at the finish line. It was ridiculous. There was four hundredths on the start line, and yeah, Zap Zap had him covered by two thousandths, but it just wasn't enough. It just mm. wasn't enough. And um, you know, uh, you know, great, <laughs> all, all I can say is that um, these guys are the real deal. They mm. are the real deal. They have had their ups and downs uh, over the last couple of seasons. But, um, you know, and, and the other thing is incredible to see a, um, a full field and an alternate as well. Um, just unbelievable. It just shows you how strong the sport is in Western Australia. And, you know, the other thing too, Nick, I've got to say how many Eastern States were competitors were at this event. It was incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the borders opening up uh, just in time, we we saw quite a few over east competitors make make the trek over. So it was great, great to see. We'll talk about some of those uh, some of those guys shortly. Um, what about top fuel bike? I mean, uh, Jay Upton. What can we say? He is an icon of Australian top fuel bike, isn't he? That run that he put down, mm. uh, you know, like it was nowhere near a full track pass yeah it left the hardest i've seen that bike leave mm. and he was off it nick i reckon he was off it before half track and it still went through for a 666 that was just incredible to watch yeah and you know when those guys get that thing to go a to b under full power you know look out larry mcbride because that that record, that world record, that's coming home to Perth. Mm, definitely, hundred percent it is, hundred percent. Cannot wait. And uh, look, I mean, yeah, probably not the the best field for top fuel bike, but still uh, great to see Greg Jurak in the final as well, and his Kawasaki. Um, and you know, it's, it's and, also it's also great to see that the um, the turbo alcohol bikes have been accepted now worldwide in into the top fuel bike. Mm. arena mm-hmm. i mean the potential that the turbocharged uh efi combinations have got is you know really limitlessly with, with the the turbo technology that we've got nowadays i mean you think about a supercharger technology uh, has been uh like development especially in screw supercharges, has been banned for i think over 30 years now yeah uh, whereas the turbo technology has just gotten better and better it's almost every year now that there's a new turbo design a new blade design coming out hmm. so you know keep an eye on those turbo blocks because i don't think it's going to be too far uh they're going to be too far behind the the nitro burners i think the alcohol turbo bikes in the future will be taking it up to them Mm. One interesting thing, this is a real, it's a bit of a side note for me. I noticed um, Bridget did all the interviews at the top end of the track at the end of the, at the in each final, she interviewed the rider or driver at the top end of the track. And I've got to be honest with you, for those that are listening in Western Australia at the moment, at the motorplex, you have to wear a mask. Now, hats off to Jay Upton. I don't know where he pulled it, <laughs> where he pulled it out of, but he literally pulled his helmet off and put a mask on instantly. And I don't know where he got it from. I mean, those that are listening to us, just Google Jay Upton motorbike. It's not the sort of thing, you know, it has a pouch where you can put a mask. But credit to Jay, he put this, it was the first thing he did. So if I ever hear someone complaining about drag races not doing the right thing, there's Jay Upton out there, gets a mask out of nowhere. Like he's literally just pulled the bike up, mask on. So well done to Jay for that. Yeah. I, I saw that too, Nick. I, uh, <laughs> I got to say, I mean, you know, I, I got to admit, but I mean, you know, all, all the restrictions that uh, McGowan's brought in has really, really impacted on the sport. And you know, a venue as big as the Motorplex, it, it seems crazy that um, people have to wear masks. Just so you know, I couldn't attend the event, and tonight is the the first night that. Um, uh, as of three o'clock, and as of my son passing um, his uh, rapid antigen test, mm-hmm. uh, we're officially out of um, uh, isolation. Um, you know, because they, there was an outbreak at his uh, um, pre preschool. Yep. So, um, you know, it, it's it's a hard time to be in Western Australia with with um, all these restrictions imposed on us. Um, you know, it's hard to be at work. 
a lot of the businesses we deal with um, in terms of, you know, the financial side of the business, uh, they're working from home. So when you ring up because there's a problem, um, you know, you can't get through to anyone. So, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I mean, the part that's frustrating, I guess, for me is because I deal with so many people all over the world, the rest of the world is like COVID. <laughs> What's Putin doing now? You know what I mean? <laughs> but, um, you know, we, we always used to cop a lot of crap over the years growing up that uh, yeah. Western Australia, you know, wait a while behind the time, 20 years behind. I've got to say, um, Mark McGowan, definitely, even though he's from the Eastern States, he definitely uh, falls into that category of, um, you know, just way behind the times. <laughs> so... Look, credit credit to the Motorplex and all the patrons that went there and all the races that went there. I have to be honest with you, everyone was wearing masks and it was it was really good to see, and everyone respected that, and on the, especially on the track as well and all the races. But for for a guy racing a top fuel motorcycle to whip out of a mask out of, out of his fire suit somewhere, God knows where. And whip it on straight away to do his interview. I think that was a, a real credit to him, and and shows the sort of man that he is, and the respect that he has for not only the sport but for for West Australians. Nick always trying to keep yourself out of the controversy, mate. Always trying to keep <laughs> trying hey. to avoid those uh, those bands. <laughs> That's Me it. on the other hand, I like to tell it how it is, mate. <laughs> you do, you All do. Right, moving on, Sup- supercharged outlaws. Oh yeah, Alan look. Mankoff was the uh, the standout there, A to B, A to B every run. And yep. I tell you what, the the final uh, was nothing short of spectacular. Um, just as close, if not closer, than the top door slammer final between mm. Appleby, Peter Appleby. Appleby's Tirana and Al Mankoff's ex Fireman Quickie uh, EH Uke. Mm. Um, you know, there was nothing in it. And, you know, that's the thing. I mean, how strong is drag racing in this in this state right now? Um, you know, just incredible. Uh, next on the on the agenda was top sportsmen. Yeah. Um, one and two qualifying met in in the final, as they should, mm. as it should be. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, you know what was also fantastic about this event, aside from Comp Bike uh, and uh, uh, Nitro Max, mm. it was run in the traditional eliminations format, yep. and you saw the traditional winning system um, take place, mm. and it was just great to see that again, rather than the three round format. I know that the track has their reasons, uh, you know, for going to the three-round format. But I tell you what, mate, how good is eliminations racing? If you're not good enough to win, you're on the trailer. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, the, the, these two guys, Colin Davies and, and Albie Brackerinich, you know, this isn't Colin Davies' first time in the finals at the Western Nationals. But uh, Albie, Albie uh, you know, just got him on the tree. There, mm. there was a margin there on the tree. Um, Colin Davies did take out the top qualifying medallion, as did uh, Al Mankoff, I believe, yep. uh, as did Jay Upton, and as did Daniel Gregorini. So um, it, it was uh, uh, a great side-by-side run. And, uh, yeah, Albie, um, Albie uh, got him there in the end. Um, you know, And earlier on in, uh, in eliminations, we saw a double red light. Paul yeah. Down and Albie, those two guys, mate, they're two of the toughest competitors, not just in top sportsmen, but in drag racing in general. Mm. And, uh, you know, uh, Albie was lucky enough that uh, his red was a little bit less red. There was a little bit of green in that red. <laughs> so, so he made it through to the next round. Yeah. Uh, moving on, Comp Bike, uh, they did run the three-round format. They I did, couldn't yeah. tell you what happened because it was just a confusing mess. But in the final, we ended up with Phil Patton and Ross Smith. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, Phil, Phil Red lit his way out mm. and uh, ha- handed the uh, handed the win over to uh, Ross Smith, um, and uh, he, he he pushed the index uh, yeah, six tenths, tenths yeah. under, which is just insane. <laughs> you know what I mean? You meant to protect that index. Yeah. Obviously, Ross wasn't too worried. Now, I don't know whether um, he ran because sometimes with the record setting process. If you run too fast, mm. you won't set it to that super, you know, quick run. Yep. So, uh, you know, because the thing is, people have got to realise that when you go out there and you, um, 
you beat up your record, mm. when you go to race again, your index gets lowered. So now it yeah. becomes harder for you to win races. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, it's always... That's uh, McClure uh, faced off against uh, Treasure in the semifinals. And, uh, you know, with a turbo car, we all know it's just a matter of turning the wick up mm. um, if you want to go a little bit quicker. And he didn't really need to go much quicker. Um, and it was a great run. Don't get me wrong. It was a great side-by-side pass. Um, but, you know, I wonder... And, I mean, you won't get the truth out of the McClures. So they keep their... Uh, they, they keep it pretty close to their chest. They do, yeah. You, you wonder whether um, they chose not to because they had the mile-an-hour record in the bag and uh, this this allows them to uh, stay with a very soft index mm. um, in their class, giving them, you know, an advantage, especially now that they've got their head around the car. If yep. they decide to tour next year, um, mm. they've got that up their sleeve. Obviously, the grand final's coming up also, which will give them another opportunity to reset the record, but... Um, yeah. We'll uh, we'll just see how they go. Moving on, uh, mod bike. How yeah. good, Nick? How good was it to see Paul Newhoff <laughs> in the finals? It, it was okay. awesome to see Paul Paul Newhoff, uh, father of Luke Newhoff, that we've had on the podcast a couple of times now, uh, into the final. It was against Luke Seaton. Now, this is an unusual situation. We don't see this too often, but we saw it happen twice. In the unusual, Nick. Unusual. This is why elimination drag racing is the best, mm. and this is why you never give up. Yep. You whatever it takes to get to that start line. This is exactly why. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Yep. So just to explain to our listeners, Luke Seaton ran under his dialing. So in mod bike, if you run under your dialing, your own dialing, your handicap. You're eliminated immediately. So Luke's run out the back door, hasn't noticed that Paul has had issues with the bike. Paul's Paul staged the bike. Uh, I, I, from memory, the bike took off and we got about to half track. Maybe, yeah, maybe, yes, half track. I can't remember. And he got off it unbeknownst to Luke. He's run it out the back door thinking that Paul was there and obviously... Fierce competitor Paul, he's he's uh, accidentally gone under his index, Luke, and uh, has lost the race. And while and Paul handed, handed the race win over <laughs> to Mister Newell, and honestly, Paul was what, paddling you know, the bike by this stage. <laughs> <laughs> he was uh, unbelievable, unbelievable. Yeah. Um, and you know what? That's the thing. You know when the competition's tough. Mm. when people are breaking out on what was effectively a solo run. Yeah, <laughs> and we've, yeah. we've seen this before. Uh, we've seen this before in uh, in drag racing uh, at the Western Nationals here in Western Australia. Um, Super Sedan did not miss either. Uh, no. Top qualifier Luke Guppy made it all the way through the finals against a, a friend of all fast here, Nick Megopoulos. Uh, and Nick has been out of the seat for a long time. He has, uh, hasn't Con he? From from Belcatter Engines threw him mm. the keys to the car. Yep. And mate, what <laughs> what a way to go! What a way to go! Made it all the way through to the finals, racing Roger Morehouse, another mm. friend of uh, Volfast. Um, both guys cut identical times. Yeah. Identical lights. And Nick forced Roger uh, into a breakout, running three hundredths of a second under his index. So, mate, that is a uh, just an absolute. Oh, I guess like the treasures, just one of those, you know, where it all came together. I yep. spoke to Nick um, uh, immediately after, and and he was in tears, mate. He was in tears. He was yep. just so happy, um, you know. Just uh, couldn't thank uh, Con from Belcata Engines enough for, um, you know, throwing him the keys and letting him run the car. Absolutely amazing, amazing. Um, yeah, amazing. So. We, we probably need to explain to our listeners there that, that in that situation, Nick is actually chasing down Roger because Roger's got a slower dialing, so Roger's left the left the tree first. Roger, no doubt, can hear. He can hear Nick coming, can't you? You can hear when there's a car, when there's a car chasing you down. You can hear it. So obviously, Roger's he's forced the you know, issue, Nick, and Roger's I, broken out I, by three one hundreds. I wouldn't know, Nick. I think I was always the one doing <laughs> chasing. <man. laughs> well, I have it. I have it on good authority. A lot of guys have told me that you can hear 
you can hear your opponent chasing you down. So yeah, it's I can I can understand why Rogers why Rogers broken see, out there. Sorry to cut you off, mate, but also great to see two completely different combinations. Mm. Um, you've got you've got uh, uh, Nick driving the uh, Balcatta engines uh, uh, car, which has got a naturally aspirated 400 cubic inch small block Chevrolet yep. versus Roger that's driving basically a street car, an mm-hmm. SLR Tirana street car uh, with a pro charger. Mm-hmm. Um, so big top end charge with that type of combination. You know, yep. it's soft on the star line, but big, big top end. Mm. So uh, look, just great to see those guys. Isn't Roger's uh, first time in the finals of the Western Nationals, I believe he took it out last year. Yes, correct, yeah. So, um, you know, just, just great. Like I said, you know, drag racing, e- even with all the stuff that's going on in the background, is alive and well. Mm. And i tell you what, Nick, I've watched a lot of uh, Western Nationals. I would have loved to have been there, but unfortunately, um, because of the COVID restrictions, I, I uh, was in isolation with my family. Um, but I watched it all on the live feed, and I've got to tell you, Nick, how good a job, how good a job do mm. those guys do with that live feed? I felt as though I was there. I was thinking to myself, it's a shame it's so good because it's better than being there. <laughs> for yeah. some, you know, for some bits, the interviews and, and the pit side interviews and, and all of that, um, if you haven't checked it out, make sure you do for the next meeting because I'll tell you what, it, it, is, it is like being there. So if you're stuck in isolation... Check it out. Go go to their Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Um, find the link. Follow it. Awesome stuff. Uh, yep. Moving on, mate. Bit of a downer. In yep. Super stock. Unfortunately, uh, Jody Racco, uh, friend of the uh, TNP family, uh, had you know the most unbelievable accident uh, in qualifying. Um, but thankfully, this is why the safety equipment is so important. People don't get it. They don't understand. You know, I see particularly like the radio guys whining about having to have fire systems and and floating axles and, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, We have that stuff so that when something goes wrong, you can walk away from the car. And that wreck was one of the most horrific wrecks that I've seen Mm. in a very, very long time, Nick. And um, it's just a big credit to the car builder, all the safety equipment, the rule makers. Um, that he was able to emerge from that wreck uh, un- unharmed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, we, we have it on good authority. Jody's okay. He's fine. Uh, uh, I, I know that I haven't spoken with him myself, but I, I have I do have spoken with people that have spoken with him, and uh, he is 100% okay. And, uh, you know, he's got a bit of a rebuild ahead of him, but uh, we wish him all the best. Um, it was... Superstock never ever fails to disappoint. It 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 was it was um, you know, in the final, Errol Quartermain, top qualifier. I think he's top qualified on several occasions now. I, I can't. I, I've lost count, but he's he's top qualified once again. Um, Nick, how ridiculous! How ridiculous is that car of Errol's? <laughs> it, it, like, it is. It is a, a, a de-stroked Barra engine mm. in a BA, so yep. the, the engine, you know, for the car, um, and you know, much the same as uh, Buddy Ingersoll's uh, Buick, mm. <laughs> Buick V6 in the in a in a uh, Buick. Yeah. Uh, but um, he went 720. Yeah. Now that, that it's not a four liter. I I, I think it's it's. Barely over a three liter. It's a hundred and it's a hundred and seventy one cubes or a hundred and ninety one cubes. One of the two. Hundred and seventy one or a hundred and ninety one cubes. I can't remember. It's one of those two. Nonetheless, it is mechanically injected, Nick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is mechanically injected, like you know, that's the equivalent of, of, of having a garden hose shoved into the intake of your engine. <laughs> um, very difficult to get to work with a turbocharged combination. Errol has all his own fuel system. He's hand fabricated all that stuff, and seven twenties. And you know what? Errol is a very, very smart racer. Mm. Um, and anyone that knows how to play the super stock or comp eliminator game knows that you play it like test cricket. You know, you, it's not it's not the big bash league. A lot mm. of people go into comp and super stock treating it like the big bash league, 
they smash the record, and then they can't win a race because their index is so difficult. Yeah. Errol's the, the opposite, just like the McClure's. They have a little bit up their sleeve whenever they go to a track. So if he can go 720, how fast can he go with that thing? I know. With yeah. a full-size BA Falcon with a D-stroked barrier. Mm. That is ridiculous. Yeah. Absolutely. I know that there's other guys with the turbo deals, but most of them are running turbocharger and nitrous oxide. Mm-hmm. You know? This is a mechanically injected, and he is not permitted to run nitrous oxide. It has to be turbo only. Yeah. So, you know, big credit to Errol. Unfortunately, uh, something went wrong in the first round. Don't know what uh, uh, what happened there. Steve Norman, number two qualifier, all the way from over east. Mm. Uh, he he just went through the field like a carving knife. <laughs> he, he has a knack of doing that, Steve, coming over here from Wyala in South Australia and, and doing doing that every every time he comes over here. But it was no Steve walk in the park. Also, also, sorry to cut you off there, mate. Steve also is someone that has a complete disregard for saving his index. No, no, <laughs> that's exactly right. What Steve does instead is Steve has numerous combinations that he can slot into his car, hmm. depending on the weight, engine capacity, etc. So once he completely obliterates a class, he can hmm. just slide into a, a different one. Now, the class that he was running in hmm. had no national record up until the weekend. Yeah, okay. It was a, a new class. So um, he made it through to face local racer Jamie Chasey. In, in his HMSA VX Commodore. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jamie um, swaps between a couple of classes from time to time. His car is legal with the LS combination for a couple of different uh, classes. Um, and, you know, Jamie is no stranger to winning. Multiple championships under his belt. Uh, yep. Huge achievement for someone his age. Um, reaction times were, were very similar off the start. But Norman just rounded him up and, uh, you know, like I said, complete disregard for saving his index. <laughs> yeah, so Steve, Steve's gone three tenths under his index there, taking the win. I'm not, I'm not convinced Jamie was probably prepared to take out, you know, take... I, I, we should really ask Jamie. He'll be listening to the podcast. So if you are, Jamie, I know he always listens. Uh, send us a Look, message. That, he probably won't tell the, us anyway, would he? <laughs> no, they won't. They won't. The chasties are very big. Uh, good races, much the same as the Treasures. Uh, multiple generations there of national records and championships, both Australian and, and uh, state championships under their belts. Um, you know, he's a very smart racer. Sometimes, Nick, you have to lose the battle to win the war. Yeah, that's right. Yep, yep, yep. I've heard that one. I've heard that one plenty of times. So, no, we, we understand that. We get all that. Moving on to Super Streak, mate, there are so many stories to tell here. So many stories. Super Street has become, for a class where you have a variety of races racing, either off the foot brake or the trans brake, but with no electronics. So what, what I mean by that, for those people that aren't uh, well-versed in drag racing, no electronics means that you're not allowed to run what we refer to as a delay box. Hmm. A delay box is effectively a timer that allows you to release the trans brake button. The trans brake is, is a, a method of locking your automatic transmission so that the vehicle will not move even if you have your foot flat to the boards. Yep. Right? It usually involves locking reverse and one or two other gears. On a three-speed, you'll, you'll lock first, third, and reverse. And on a, uh, a two-speed, you'll just lock first and reverse. Um, and uh, it prevents the vehicle from moving like even a, 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 a ten-thousandth of an inch. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, so uh, the delay box is a timer that's hooked up to the trans brake button so that you can release the button on the first amber. There is four-tenths of a second between each of the ambers. Mm-hmm. And what, you know, people might go, well, what's the difference? Well, the difference is that the human body reacts the fastest to the first thing that it sees. So if you focus on that top bulb, as soon as you see it light up, you let go of that button, the timer does the rest. Yeah. Um, now, people, some people will argue that um, you can be just as quick. You probably can. I mean, there's been, you know, freaks in all sorts of things over the years, you know, sharpshooters, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you possibly can, um, but it has been proven 
And if you sit there with a practice tree, uh, you can you, you can see with your own two eyes that you definitely do react more consistently and faster off the top bulb. Super Street does not allow delayed boxes. Hmm. And many of these competitors, like John Zabo, are racing their cars off the foot brake, yep. like Richie Stevens, who went on to win the event. Hmm. Now, the other story in Super Street is this was John Zabo's first event with his new XD wagon. Yep. It is the old car, but it has had a rebuild, which has taken many, many, many years. From the front bumper to the back bumper, there is nothing in that car. Mm-hmm. Um, so to go there, and, and the thing is, with some classes, like, for example, Top Sportsman, um, if you've got, you know, like a killer car that's way faster than everyone else's. So, for example, if we entered uh, the BA uh, in Top Sportsman, you would expect us to top qualify because, you know, that car's gone six flat. So, you know, we should have it covered. You know what mm. I mean? As long yep. as we can go A to B, and we can take a little bit of power out of it and make it go A to B, right? The yep. difference with Super Street is the cutoff is 10.00. Mm-hmm. So the idea is not only to be quicker than everyone else, it's to make sure you don't go quicker than 10.00. And John Zabo, mate, credit to him, credit to his team, credit to all his mates that have helped him put that car together. He managed to pull that off, getting the closest to 10.00 out of uh, the whole field of 29 entrants. 03 uh, or 05, it, I think it was. It was incredible. Hmm. It was, I mean, um, yeah, it was just amazing. Yeah. Um, and and he his reaction times uh, leading into elimination were like uh, 007, 005. It was unbelievable. Yeah. It, you would think that he was running a delay box. You know, mm. I'm sure that there's many delay box races that can't cut like that good. <laughs> So, unfortunately, he got knocked out. It was, I think, it was in the in the semis. Yeah, I believe he made it a long way for a debut. It was almost yeah. going to be the Cinderella story of the event. Mm. Um, but Richie Stevens went on to face off against uh, Glenn uh, Stickerberg. Yep. Sorry to uh, blow my own horn here, but both all fast customers. <laughs> we had a really good showing, to be honest. You did. Yeah, you did. Um, so so is, um, uh, uh, John Sabo as well. Yes, John Zabo, yes, uh, all-fast uh, trans and uh, uh, converter in that car. Um, mm-hmm. Glenn, unfortunately, uh, snapped his camshaft. Now, Glenn's in the hunt for the championship. Glenn is an is a, you know, amazing guy and, and an amazing racer, and he has learned, starting with basically uh, what was going to be a burnout, you, I believe, uh, talking to him, and turning it into a very, very competitive super street car that's always at the pointy end of qualifying. Yep. And learning the craft, you know, the reaction time, the package, the dialing, understanding mm. and learning all of that stuff. Um, so the small fire that, that you would have seen if you were watching, yeah. what had happened, the camshaft, and this is, you know, you know when you, you have a, like a, a, a bad thing happen, but it was also uh, a bit of a miracle because it wasn't as bad as you, you know, as it could have been. Yeah. The camshaft snapped. It's got a small block chev in the Commodore U. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the the camshaft snapped at the back, which is where the gear that drives the distributor goes. Mm-hmm. Now the distributor drives the oil pump. Yeah. So when it snapped, it mixed up the cylinders, which you know caused the timer to go off, and that's that the uh, the small backfire, more or less, that you saw there. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the oil pump. Uh, stopped turning as well. So thankfully the motor stopped because the distributor stopped and, you know, the motor was saved. So I yeah. spoke to Glenn earlier and he said that uh, a new camshaft is on its way and they will slip that in and they will be at the next meeting to uh, take it up to the rest of them for the championship. Oh, good uh, Richie, Richie Stevens, mate, how many championships has this guy won? And he does it with a car that he drives to work. It is... It is just, you know, it shows you the skill set that he has got. Um, the, the, you know, it's uh, active automotives do the, the tuning on the car. Yep. Um, it's just, like, it just works. Beautiful he, car, he too. The dial in. Sorry? Beautiful car as well. 
Oh, absolutely beautiful club sport. Mm. Um, you know, we've seen Richie in multiple club sports over the years. A lot of people think it's the same one. It's not the same guy. He's gone through a few of them over the years. Yeah, okay. I did. I, I actually didn't know that. There you go. I thought they were the same car. No, 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 no. Um, now, he's got another car that he's building, um, which is going to be, you know, aimed at, at uh, like Zarbo, top qualifying position. Uh, I'm not, I can't tell you too much about it, mm-hmm. uh, but, you know, keep your eyes open. Um, it's just time and money, like everything in life. Yep. Uh, but he will get there, and, and you know, look, if he's that competitive now, mm-hmm. <laughs> what's he going to be like <laughs> with with a potential top qualifier and a trans break? <laughs> yeah, no, good, good on Richie. He's a good good guy, Richie. Now, uh, Outlaw Radio, that was probably the only... Okay, oh, look, I hate to say it, but it was a bit of a disappointing uh, bracket for the for the weekend. Uh, only two cars, Glenn Van Dongle and... Uh, sorry, Glenn Van Dongen and uh, Kevin Bolton, our friend Kevin. Um, yes. Nick, Nick, you know, you, it's... Look, it's disappointing in in one respect, right? It's disappointing that all of the people that pushed for the class are no longer competing in the class. Um, but nonetheless, Glenn Van Dongen, mate, how good is that car? Oh, that is, that is one awesome. sexy Nova. <laughs> yeah, it certainly is. It certainly is a sexy Nova. And uh, I love the I love his uh, the little LED um, sign in the window as well. That's awesome. Uh, Matt, I didn't even see it. I saw it going down the track and the hood blew off at about 1,000 foot maybe. And yeah, I didn't so even what, notice what it. Happened, uh, they found that air was getting underneath the front of the bonnet. Hmm. So they're, they're going to add a few more Zeus's across there to stop that, that from happening. Yep. And, uh, uh, or, or possibly um, glass the bonnet to the front end yep. uh, to make it all one piece. Yeah. Um, but uh, not too much damage. I spoke to him uh, uh, earlier today also. Um, you know, he was just stoked to be out there. The car was going strong, A to B. Uh, look, you know, it is not in the same league as Kevin's with the current engine combination, but that doesn't mean that that's not going to change. Mm. Um, you know, Glenn is a big supporter of the radial class, yep. and uh, he's just happy to have a car that's going A to B and doing laps. Kevin mm. Bolton, um, they had a couple of swings, Nick. They yep. had a couple of swings at taking our record that still stands... Three years after we said it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I spoke to him after the event and I said, I thought you'd have a big swing at it. He goes, we did. <laughs> we, we did have a big swing. We had a few big swings, uh, but the track wasn't there. Hmm. Um, as we all know, radial cars, you know, they are they are very reliant on the track. Yeah. Um, nonetheless, I think he went 7.30, which, um, you know, uh, yeah, to wins. do that on on a track that's set up for slicks, yep. Um, you know that's a that's still a mean feat, especially with the weight of that car. That car is like super heavy. Mm. Um, so, uh, and you know, hey, um, great to see Kevin. Uh, 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 you know, further extend his lead in the points. I would say that he's got the championship sewn up uh, for this season, um, but you know, you. you uh, uh, you don't know. Uh, I, I, I think that he's got enough points lead, but I don't know for sure. Yeah. Um, on that note, mm. just going back to uh, Daniel Gregorini, would you say, mate, would you say that he has stitched up the door slammer championship? No, well, no, I wouldn't say that. No, not yet. I'd never say that. Mate. But he has I, a you know, pretty like, good firm I grip think, of it. I think that, you know, you know, we talk about, we've seen this before, like Tony Schumacher... Uh, many years ago, when Alan Johnson was um, was crewing and uh, uh, the Colettas, and you know they had to win the event and set low ET and reset the national record, mm. and they would win by one point. Yeah, and um, uh, and Coletta to go our first round for that to to be uh, a possibility. Um, and you know, look, uh, credit to Alan Johnson and to. Um, uh, Tony Schumacher, they pulled that one off. They mm. pulled that one off. Um, but seriously, Nick, it would take not only a miracle, but it would take a tragedy 
um, for this to happen because I think that Daniel's got like an 85 point lead now. Yeah, yeah. Well, Daniel had the calculator. I think Daniel had the calculator out at the top end. So he's. I, I think he'd already worked it out before he left the start line. <laughs> All he needed to know was whether whether uh, John had gotten the low ET or the top mile went out. And you know that that's the thing. Like, um, like I said, I know Daniel's got a lot of knockers, mm. uh, but mate, he he didn't just go wire to wire. He set low ET of the event mm. with his qualifying yeah. run. And he said fastest mile an hour. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, yes, it was a whole shot win. But you know what? That just means that he's a better driver too, mm. you know. Yeah. I, I, um, I don't want to take any wind out of uh, 11-time uh, champion John Zapier because effectively John Zapier is our version of John Fors. Yes, that's right, right. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, and, and uh, I'd, I'd love to see John... Uh, still doing it in his 70s like um, John Force. But, um, mm. mate, Daniel was, uh, you know, just, he, he just, it was his weekend and, and hats off to him. And I'll tell you what, you know, the grand final is definitely going to be one to watch. That's yeah. for sure, you know. We can't wait for the grand final. Hey, uh, let's, let's just cover off on Junior Dragster as well. Very similar situation to what we saw with Luke Seaton and Paul Newhoff. Uh, Lucas Green and um, Bo Ferguson as well. So Lucas, Lucas has uh, left the line, and uh, Bo wasn't able to. to he, Bo didn't even leave the line at all. Uh, unfortunately, Lucas didn't know and uh, broke out, giving gifting the win to Bo. I actually caught up with Lucas and and his father Dougie at the end of the event, and uh, you know I really felt for the. You know he's only a young kid, but I mean you know he's made it to the final. I think that's a credit in itself. And, uh, you know, Doug and, and Lucas were both pretty upbeat about the whole situation and uh, they're looking forward to the grand final as well. You know, um, Doug Green, um, what, what can you say that hasn't been said about him? He's just an awesome person. Uh, you know, he was our starter when, yep. when we started racing, Nick, if you remember, when we mm. teamed up in the early days, the, the Fat Pizza Racing deal. Yep. Um, just an absolute gentleman. And, um, you know, like, I, I was... I felt for him. You know, the Fergusons are uh, uh, big friends of um, uh, Allfast, mm. um, but I, I really, um, I really felt for them because I know how hard uh, they work at this. Uh, and uh, you know, I don't want to take anything out of, out of uh, the Ferguson camp because obviously they are uh, fierce competitors and have multiple cars in multiple classes. Mm. And yep. um, you know, great to see them win a gold Christmas tree. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I felt for um, for the Greens because um, you know I just know how much drag racing means to uh, to that family. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it, uh, so uh, look, you know, hopefully they'll uh, they'll get one in the because uh, you know you got to admit uh, Lucas is definitely he he's on the money. You yeah. know what I mean? Oh, he's 100%. on the money. He's 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 got it there. It was just a a bit of an unfortunate. Uh, oversight there, and I, I, I know what Dougie's like. Dougie would have been beating himself up because um, he would have been the one to pick the goal in, and um, hmm. you know he won't. I tell you, he won't make that mistake again. No, <laughs> no, sure, you know no. I mean? <laughs> now, uh, how good? How good was the Nitro Max, Nick? How oh, good was the Nitro Max? I, I haven't had a dose of Nitro for some time. I reckon it's probably been... The last time was probably oh, a good two years ago, I reckon. I went to one of the Outlaw Nitro Funny Car events, and uh, I've actually forgotten the shockwave, believe it or not. I couldn't... You know, old uh, Kyle and, and Andrew in that... in that I think it was at the 6.45 when they... The 6:45 uh, time frame when they raced, and it really rocked. Like the whole track was like up on their feet, and like there was people <laughs> jumping for their ear, earmuffs, and uh, it was unbelievable. It was an awesome, awesome race. Unfortunately, Kyle had uh, head gasket issues, and I think that's damaged the cylinder head too. By the look of things, oh, um, it made a mess, Nick. It made a mess. It torched straight through into every push rod hole. Oh, really? It was, uh, oh, okay. yeah, it was a nasty, nasty. Um, you know, uh, I, I've done not as bad as that, but I've done something sil- sil- similar. Mm-hmm. Pardon me. 
Um, and, uh, yeah, it's devastating because mm. it's not really, you know, without putting a whole bullet in there, it's not really something you can um, you can sort out. And, you know, that team has come so far in such a short space of time, mm. um, you know, running 570s um, with a combination. So, so for those of you that don't know about our Nitro Max deal over here in Western Australia, uh, uh, it, it is the brainchild of a few of the Nitro races, but I think Rory Rory Taylor from Speed Talk is the main person that's sort of steering the ship in the direction that it's going. Mm-hmm. And what he's tried to do is make it eligible for all Nitro-burning cars, regardless of whether they're a nostalgia car or a, a modern, uh, what we call a big show car. Now, Kyle's car is a big show car, yep. so to slow Kyle's car down... Uh, what they've done is they've dropped the overdrive on the supercharger because he runs a, um, a 1471 instead of a 671 hmm. and limited the uh, fuel pump size. And, uh, you know, they've done a pretty good job because he rattled off a 570, uh, which puts him in the same sort of, you know, zone. And obviously the, the early days, so they can improve on that. Yeah. Um, you know, so... Uh, it really is a, a, a great way to run this class because you end up with funny cars racing altered, racing dragsters, racing front-engine dragsters. And, and, you know, at the end of the day, right, and you and I have discussed this many, many times, when you're drag racing, you kind of feel as though the class that you're in is the class. You know yeah. what I mean? So I remember being in Super Street and thinking, yeah, the crowd's here to see this. Um, and, you know, working my way up through the ranks, uh, door slammer, you know, definitely uh, for some time, I think, was the premier class because the cars went down the track uh, without any sort of... Well, they had drama, but it, it, they still put on a show. Mm. Um, and, you know, we've seen uh, the bad times of nitro racing in Australia where um, you'd go to a nitro event and you'd be lucky if there was one car running at the end of the night. Yeah, um, yep. That has been a complete turnaround from those days to now. And this concept that uh, they've put together here, the, the uh, Nitro guys in West Australia, it's a great concept because it means that you've got the opportunity to not only see all these different types of cars running, but you've mm. got the opportunity to see proper drag racing, Nitro-style, flames, noise, the, the you know, like, I mean, you can't, un- unless you're there, you can't really describe what nitro racing's like. Mm. You can block your ears and shut your eyes, but you can't stop that nitro. You no, you can't stop it. The shock It'll wave. It'll rattle your bones. Yes, the shock wave is 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 phenomenal. So, and, uh, so we had some some good and bad uh, in the nitro max. Uh, Nick, uh, the 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 best Andrew Kedavardis, uh taking out the event and knocking the doors clean off his own PB with a blistering 5.568 seconds at, at 260 mile an hour. Mm. Um, you know, incredible. And you know what? The Catavanas team, mate, they just go A to B, A to B. And, and uh, uh, with Roland tuning there, um, they, they are just chipping away at that car and mm-hmm. it's getting quicker and quicker and quicker. Um, but it's consistent. You know, yeah. they don't to have the gremlins that uh, the other team has. No. Uh, the other astronomical performance of the event was Michael Brooks, Brooksy, um, becoming the quickest front-engine dragster in Australia with a scorching 5.682-second pass. Mm. Absolutely incredible run. And, you know, Nick, uh, the front-engine deal, right, you know, we talk about these guys as, as being, you know, like some sort of superhero, you know, like uh, uh, like uh, Iron Man, yeah. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but the people that drive front-engine dragsters, they're like in another sort of, <laughs> you know, like they're, they're out there, like they're like Iron Man, but, you know, slightly deranged, I think. Because <laughs> the first thing is, uh, you know, you're sitting on top of the Cranwell and Pinion, right? So if something goes wrong with that diff, you'll never have a kid, mate. That's, <laughs> that's just not going to happen, right? Um, secondly, you've got this nitro-burning engine, uh, you know, which they have a tendency of blowing up. It is very mm. common to see nitro engines uh, just suddenly disappear, like yes. it actually just 
there was an engine there before, but now there's nothing. Um, and that's right in front of you, and there is nothing other than, you know, like a one millimetre thick piece of Lexan mm. to deflect the parts away from your head, effectively. Yeah. So hats off to Brooksy. Um, you know, he has turned that car around in a lightning pace, you know, to go from uh, getting it together and licensing it to becoming the quickest in the country. And, you know, you would have to argue he's on his way to being the quickest in the world. Yeah. Um, just and, and it shows you how strong the, the nitro racing is over here uh, that we've got. The, I believe the quickest funny car in, in uh, the um, Matt Abel-driven Rory Taylor Troon uh, Nitro Thunder. Mm. Uh, I believe we, we may have one of the fastest, if not the fastest, uh, now the quickest uh, uh, front-engine dragster. And Brooksy already had the fastest front-engine dragster. He may have reset that record with that very run yeah. that he, uh, he went 5682 on. Uh, on the other side of the fence, uh, tragedy for uh, the, the uh, Begley team. Mm. Uh, his, uh, his daughter uh, flicked him the keys to the funny car, yep. the uh, LA hooker. And um, unfortunately, they scraped that along the wall and um, weren't able to come out to, to lay down um, some numbers. Really tragic for those guys mm. because that car has been another A to B car, um, you know, consistently in the 560 zone. Um, so yeah, just just really sad to see that um, uh, see that happen. But yeah. you know, it is it, it is part of uh, what makes the sport so great mm. um, that you know you have to take the uh, the tragedy with the um, with the the uh, you know the, the wins and the and the excitement and the the uh, uh, PBs. Um, it's it's all part of drag racing, and you know when you add nitro to the mix. If anyone guess uh, which side of of that equation you're going to be on, <laughs> in yeah. Uh, but I will tell you what, Nick, um, you know, like I said, mate, I've watched a lot of Western Nationals over the years, and uh, this one, you know, this was special, mate. It was yeah. special for a lot of reasons, and uh, you know, for those of you that uh, didn't make it down there, well, you know what, or didn't watch it. Uh, you missed out. Simple as that. You did. <laughs> Shame on you. <laughs> you did miss out on it. Was, it was an awesome event, and uh, we, we, I sincerely had a great time. My kids had a great time. Both my boys came with me for this event, and, uh, yeah, they can't wait to get back to the track. They had a great, great time. And I love I love the concept of the track walk at the end of the, at the, end of the event. So uh, you can walk onto the track at the end of the event. As soon as Daniel and John laid down their epic pass, bang, everyone was out on the track. And you can still feel the heat in the track, believe it or not. And uh, you just get an idea of how sticky the track can is. And also, you get to stage your foot, I guess. You could stage your foot and see how the beams work. The tree stays on. And uh, it just it's a really good uh, good thing for, for fans of the sport. If you're not too sure how, how it all works, go down on the track. You can actually stand there. Even walk out 60 foot. Maybe walk to 330 foot and feel how sticky that and feel how sticky the groove is and how how narrow the groove can actually be. We saw uh, Andrew get out of the groove, Catavatis that is, and uh, <laughs> how how close oh, he actually he got to... He <laughs> that, that wall. I, I'll tell you what, and you know, ha having driven a funny car, not a nitro funny car, uh, a, um, a supercharged outlaw funny car, um, you would be surprised uh, you, you know, because you'd think, well, you know, you got windows, you can see where you're going, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? But you'd be surprised how easy it is to get out there. Mm. Uh, I remember on, on one occasion, I was focused on the finish line and I looked across and I was riding, the, the, like, <laughs> it was a gutter ball. It was a gutter ball, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, and how I didn't scrape the headers and how Andrew didn't scrape the headers I will never know because I tell you what, mate, you couldn't have put a sheet of paper between those headers and the side of that track. The one good thing about the nitro cars is if you can get it that close to the wall, mm. uh, and, and this is a fact, if you can get it that close to the wall without touching the wall, without coming onto that wall hard, those headers will actually be trying to blow you off. So even though, and, and what Nick meant there for those of you that don't, 
uh, aren't well versed in drag racing uh, by the groove, there is a, a portion of the track that is really, really good. And that's the bit that the cars have been driving up and down on because as you're going down the track with those big slick tyres, the tyre is actually spinning. Uh, it may not look that way to, uh, uh, you know, to anyone because you can't really see it unless you see it in super slow-mo. Uh, but it is spinning. And as it's spinning, it's putting hot rubber down on top of the hot rubber that's already there and mm. making the track even better. But on either side of that groove, uh, you've got nothing. So when you get one tyre out of the groove, the car will continue to try and go in that direction. So in Andrew's case, the car moved to the left. The right-hand tyre is now driving a lot more than the left-hand tyre because the left-hand right. tyre is what, what uh, effectively the circuit guys would call the marbles. Mm. And uh, it, it is trying to turn the car. Now, if you can get it close to the wall and, and keep your wits about you, the exhaust gas will actually try and blow you back across the track, but the tyre is st still trying to drive in that direction. So, mate, credit to an amazing bit of driving. Hmm. Uh, absolutely incredible um, that he, he managed to not put a single scratch on that car. It just shows you how good a driver he is. And you know what? That's why he's won as many championships as he has. Yep. That's why he's got as many gold Christmas, Christmas trees as, as he has. Uh, you know, from the days running in competition eliminator with the altered and running with the uh, the uh, nostalgia nitro deal, he's run over east with the best of them. Modified uh, as well. You know, so now that he's got this new blower, uh, if he if he travels over there, I tell you what, he's going to be a force to be reckoned with. And, mm. and uh, you know, that five fifty, I think, I think there's a forty coming, Nick. I can feel it. I think they actually, I think they actually have run the forty. I think that I wrote in the notes there that that's that was close to his PB. He was getting close, but I, I, something tells me they've already dipped into the forties before. But I'll have to check that. Uh, I think I, that was he was I close to that, his PB. Uh, Rory had um, uh, Rory had run into the forties. Mm. Uh, sorry, Matt Matt Abel. Yeah, Rory's car had run into the forties, but I didn't think that. Uh, uh, Catavartis had maybe maybe he has I don't but know no doubt Andrew and Michelle will be listening and James will be listening as well and Luke will be listening and they'll be correcting us they'll be correcting us there you go correcting you go. me I tell you what while while we're on the subject of the the track staff and crew how good was the commentary on the weekend yeah 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 we had Stewie Bond upstairs and uh, we had Chris I think his name is Chris downstairs Chris Mitchell Chris Mitchell Chris Mitchell. If you're listening, mate, give yourself a big pat on the back because uh, second to none, you know what, Nick? Hmm. It reminded me of the golden days uh, with Daryl Eastlake. Yep. You know, like, um, and, and, and who else was in the commentary crew there? Because I heard another familiar voice there. No, I don't know the the guy. There was another guy with Stewie, and I don't I don't know who that that gentleman is. I should know, but I don't, unfortunately. But was J Mac there? No, J Mac was racing. J Mac was he on the was track. He was racing. Yes. I thought towards the end of the night, I heard I heard the old J Mac there because you know he's another Daryl Eastlake specialist. There, he can really <laughs> bring home the excitement. You know what I mean? He does. And, and uh, uh, he does a fantastic job of of uh, commentating. Um, you know, I. I um, I've still got the race bike, and um, I keep kicking the tyres on it, thinking I should I should enter it. But I've got to be honest with you, I think I've lost my wits a little bit there. <laughs> I I, um, I don't know how those guys do it, you know, like Jay, you know, where they where they're going well over two hundred mile an hour, um, because uh, my old, old bus used to go in the high one forties, and that was terrifying enough. Mm. For me. <laughs> but comp bike mod bike is still well well participated in at the moment. Oh, I'm finding there's still reasonably good numbers in both those fields. So hats great off to them. Great bunch of guys, Nick. Yeah. Absolutely great bunch of guys. Uh, I only raced once, and uh, you know, um, oh, you know, you know, with the other classic in the event was Daniel Natalotto getting taken off. By his fiance. By fiance. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, that was a grudgy. That was a grudgy. So. <laughs> It was still, it was still hilarious. It was, it was. <laughs> you got to wonder whether Daniel went home and said, "You know, I'd give you that one, love." You know, <laughs> <laughs> I don't reckon I would. I would have told her, "You won that fair and square, babe." <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> now, no, I do, saw that. Do you wonder if there was any uh, any chores to be done at home, or if there was a side bet going on? I reckon there was. I reckon there was. Maybe the vacuuming, perhaps, or the washing for the week. We'll, Who knows? We'll have, to, we'll have to ask Daniel next time we see him. Yeah, yeah yes. I'm going to go with the vacuuming of the garden, something along those lines. <laughs> no, fair enough. Hey Simon, well look, that's uh, we've gone over an hour here, so look, I'll I'll let you go. Uh, I wouldn't worry about coming into the studio. Uh, we'll do it all again next week. We've got a lot to cover in V8 supercars, but I think we'll do that next week. We'll carry that over next well, week. I'll tell you what, Nick. Hmm. Right? Don't tell the missus. <laughs> if she asks, I came into the studio. Oh, of course, of course. Yeah, you you're right here. You're right here. <laughs> All right, Simon, look, thanks for joining us on this episode. Uh, it was great to talk with you, and uh, it was great to catch up to talk all things Western Nationals. It's our favourite event of the year, and uh, we will look forward to still two more meets. There's the Nitro there's the Nitro uh, event coming up on the 26th of March, and also then there is the Grand Final, the Andrew Grand Final. Cannot wait for that in April as well. So looking Mate, forward I, to I that. Mate, I can't wait for the. I can't wait for the nitro meet. Mm. I mean, when you've got cars running that fast over here, mm. it's just, oh, mate, yeah. how good is it going to be? And if you haven't had your fix of nitro racing, head on down to the Motorplex because I'll tell you what, those boys put on a hell of a show. They do. They do. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. All right, Simon, well, thanks for joining us and uh, we'll catch you next week. No worries, Nick. Thanks right. for having me on the show. Take care. See ya. Bye. Talk and Power, your motorsport and motoring radio show. Now on 88.5 FM, the valley comes alive. And podcasting across iTunes and talkandpower.com.au.